Electro and Bono Movie Power Hour. <laughs> you know what? Where's Hawk at? Listener discretion advised. Back to the Electro and Bono movie power hour. I am Electro. Mm-hmm. I got Bono right here by my side. What's up, everyone? And Oz is over there across the table on the keys, handling business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new year has started, and I thought there was no better way to start it than watching um, uh, one of my favorite directors, if not the um uh, david fincher's new movie david fincher hasn't made a fucking movie since gone girl yeah gone girl came out in 2000 what and yeah, he did mindhunter that shit was awesome i love mindhunter. And come, that's that's dude well he hasn't made that? a movie since gone girl in 2014 dude but like you're talking about like 10 or 8 one hour episodes he didn't direct all of them oh Mm, fuck but David he Fincher, no, but no. loser, <laughs> no, no, lazy no. fuck. No, but he was, but he was heavily involved in mm. making it. He didn't direct every single episode, but I mean, that's like two or three movies, no? Oh yeah, but I mean, he kind of looked over it, and you know how I mean, I know how David Fincher is. He's like oh, we'll super, get into it. super perfectionist <laughs> and shit. So like, even though he didn't direct it, I'm sure he spent countless hours or whatever just getting. Because even the episodes he doesn't direct, they feel like David Fincher fucking... Yeah, he's too, his he's fucking too crazy. He's fingerprints are it. all over that shit. Great fucking show. And yeah, so he did that for a couple of years. But So was this the, like the last movie of 2020 right here? This movie? I, mean, I don't know. Close. It, so. I mean, it came out in December. It did yeah. come out in December. Yeah. No, it came out like in mid-December. Um, and whenever you look on Wikipedia, because this says November 13, 2020. Ooh, release. Well, yeah. that, that's a, the small theatrical release it had. Yeah. But when it came out on Netflix for the world to see was like December 14th. Or December 13th. 4th. Mm-hmm. 4th. Okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was a 4 in there. Yeah. I knew that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah. And um, so, again, he hasn't made a movie since... Since um uh Gone since Gone Girl in twenty fourteen. That's a six year gap right there for one of the greatest directors currently living to take. Um uh so He's trying to get Gary so, Oldman. So when you find out that it's a movie about the making of Citizen Kane, you're kinda like, What? <laughs> like, this is what you decided to make. Huh? Like, whatever. You're David Fincher. I'm gonna watch whatever the fuck you make. But this is puzzling. <laughs> right. like, why and, and on Netflix. It's just like, here you go. Well, he's been... He's got a four-movie deal with them. Oh. Not only... I mean, that he signed a new four-movie deal with them, right? Or project. Like Not, I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I was going to elaborate. Um, uh, he has been 
in the Netflix game since House of Cards. He made House of Cards. Oh, yeah, I did see that. What? Yeah. Thing, yeah. He made the first successful fucking series on Netflix. <laughs> he did House of Cards? That's a, that's some good trivia right there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's Kevin Spacey's in it. That's yeah. John Doe, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John did you ever see I never saw it. I've never honest. seen I've it, but I heard it. it's a fucking amazing I hear, show. I hear very <laughs> amazing things. Kevin yeah. Spacey. He likes the Diddler. Huh? Mm-hmm. Two greats. Two of the greats. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of them have done anything wrong. Right. <laughs> Maybe not. I heard Fincher's a creep. <laughs> I don't know. He Kevin likes... Spacey's quick and clean. Yeah. But I heard... <laughs> because set I him up. Like <laughs> yeah. So he's been in the Netflix game for a while. He did. He did that again. The first successful net. That, that's what kind of put Netflix on the map and saying like, "Hey, we're we're making shows and people fucking loved it." Right. I was. Just telling you that we were i was watching the office earlier and there's a scene where i don't know who the receptionist is but she's like oh michael gets his pam net- how dare you oh pam Go on. pam's like forgettable character don't worry about michael that. gets it right i don't think she was one of the main <laughs> like three ones seasons on new <laughs> um but she's uh, like oh michael gets his netflix delivered here Mm-hmm. And at first, I was like, "Are they trying to make a joke?" And then I was like, "Oh shit!" Fuck no. <laughs> like that was a thing, Negative. my boy. I would get so much Netflix. Yeah. Dude, there'd be red envelopes everywhere. Everywhere. Fucking my car was full Jesus of them. Christ. <laughs> there wasn't a limit of how many you could have before. I had the fucking highest thing. I'd get oh, like okay. I'd get like four every every fucking delivery. Yeah. I'd make a fucking point to like. Do it every week. So I'd be getting like four DVDs. Netflix a week. needs to check out that account. Bro. Oh yeah, <laughs> looking to you, they're gonna movies. fucking sue you so yeah, hard. Dude. Why? Because <laughs> you never, they never got them back. Yeah. Oh dude. no, maybe. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come clean. <laughs> I did lose like two discs. Out of all of that, I maybe lost like two discs. Couple years. Couple years. And I did just put that like uh, they never got <laughs> there or something. I was not gonna yeah, pay the dog sketchy him. postal the worker. I was not gonna pay the fucking twenty something dollars or whatever. I was like, fuck that. It never got here. Mm-hmm. The other three got here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing one. Though. But yeah, Sex in the City disc one, season three <laughs> did not make. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> And that what you know what's crazy is that that is still a thing you can do. Oh yeah, nobody does it, but you can sign up for that disc thing to come. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still like there's a lot of movies that are not on Netflix streaming, but basically everything is on physical media. Mm-hmm. So if you really wanted to watch a movie, like we were like, fuck, what's where is it streaming? Yeah, honestly, we should probably just add the disc shit to our Netflix so that when we want to do a movie that isn't streaming, we I don't can have just get a it. DVD player though. We're gonna get one for yeah, the fucking dude. studio. Don't you worry yeah, about that. USB ready, you know, <laughs> we're, we're good. You're gonna get it. Don't worry. <laughs> funny, funny you mentioned The Office too, because they actually it goes on funny. several several um episodes. There's so money. They show how your cue works and how to do it and all that type of shit. Like, so it's ongoing. Like, there's Netflix really? drops during the time. But now sure the paid. office is off of Netflix because uh, Peacock needs to cash in. Everyone's just doing the streaming thing now. Peacock now available fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> Fuck you. Get Peacock. all the greatest shows. Oh no. I refuse to, yeah. to to do like Peacock or CBS or whatever. All Isn't the that what Hulu was? I thought Hulu was all the networks. They all got together. Yeah, right? but then like Disney it. bought them up. Uh, 
damn, mm-hmm. kick people out. And I don't so want that, CBS one of a king of queens, but it, it keeps still, that. I mean, that's still good. It it keeps like limited seasons on, but basically you will get your fix there. But if you want to get into their back catalog, all of these fucking networks are gonna come out with their own streaming mm-hmm. services. It's a matter of time. And we can just all fucking pray they fail and that they go back to the Hulu way or the Netflix way and give us back our shows. Everyone was praying Disney was going to fail. And everyone's on that Disney tip. Disney is a different animal. They're about to raise their prices, too. Disney's a different Mm -hmm. animal. Um, uh, I would would refuse to, to sign up for Peacock or CBS. Like, for what? For network? television yeah, show you also, right, you also get that. nat geo if you have disney plus i forget about that a lot oh yeah there's, dude, the there's some too. cool ass documentaries man you just mm-hmm. get stoned and uh yeah, yeah. Nat geo, ESPN you forget about plus it. is great there's so you many know, great documentaries so on there that to me that i know that's corporate shilling or whatever but yeah espn <laughs> plus is hella worth it dude there's so many great documentaries of shit. and if you're an mma fan like me and bono are that's mma fucking dude, heaven soccer they got italian soccer they have everything they got yeah you can go on there there's always some live shit Ethan. yeah all the 30 <laughs> for 30s dude 30 for 30 is so Oh hell yeah! Has oh, Fincher yeah. done any thirty for thirties? We need to get well, that. Look, guy Fincher's on, on Netflix, man, and and he just dropped this one. Yeah, to bank. So the, the fucking budget for this bad boy was uh, between twenty and thirty mil. That's like which a is fucking adequate. No wonder it wasn't in color. Which is which is like chill. Yeah, that's like movies are rarely made for that amount anymore. They're either made for like. Fucking seven million dollars or like a hundred yeah, million dollars. Yeah. No one ever shells out twenty, thirty million for something. And I mean, it, it was like practical. The movie was practical, super right? practical. It's ton dialogue heavy, and you know all that type of shit. It had to me. What I loved about this this movie is that obviously it was in black and white. If anyone hasn't seen it, but what I loved is it also seemed to try to make it seem like it was shot back in that time. Yes. And one of the things that I saw is that all the audio track, everything is all on one track on one channel. Mm -hmm. So all the, the Foley, the music, all that shit where again, now we're used to stereo sound, you know, left and right. And they all Mm -hmm. have their own fucking channels and space to do all that. Everything is on one thing which came about, which was the early way of doing it, like, before 1950. I mean, I'm not super huge on watching old movies or anything like that, but, like, the essence of trying to keep it true to the time seems like what they were going for. But I did some research, and I saw that the camera they used for this fucking thing is, like, real deal bad boy. In fact, Netflix has only used it once, and it's just for this fucking guy. And it's the... Red 8K monochrome sensor camera, whatever. Mank is in 8K. It was shot in 8K. 8K. <laughs> and there's no color version no. because it's a monochrome cameras. There's it's no color great. version out there. And it's sure, like, the, the graininess and the little fucking burn ends to the real, like, the a, cigarette the film, burns. It's you on there. You know what there. those are? Yes, I know what cigarette burns are. No. But you take cigarettes. <laughs> no, those are not cigarettes. Those are literally, they're put on there. I know. <laughs> For what? Um, uh, to say that you got to change the reel, yeah. buddy. But they're called cigarette. That's what the the nickname for them are. They're cigarette burns. Really? Yes. 
Cigarette is like half the size of 35 millimeter film. That is oh my fuck. Do <laughs> <laughs> you not understand? I'm but going back to old Hollywood and be like, you guys are all fucking idiots. <laughs> I solved it, fuckers. <laughs> you dumb fucks. My name's Oz. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for 20 to 30 fucking uh, mil. And again, you, you think about fucking Fincher's, uh, like his movies. And I remember, what was it? The Dark Knight. He Dang. unleashed the fucking Phantom Cam, right? He did like an entire segment. That was Christopher four- Nolan. Sorry, my bad. Okay, <laughs> same guy. So you, the camera work is is heavy now, right? You have this Netflix said, "Hey, fucker, we're just gonna do this for you." You know what I mean? And oh yeah, uh, and I saw it in the 4K TV that we have, so it looks fucking fantastic. Oh, shit. It looked good. I mean, it's in black and white, but the picture is fucking clear. Yes, super clear. But the grittiness again, the graininess. Trying to stay true to that shit is is pretty awesome. It's very interesting the the look of it because it does. You're right. It they're doing their best to make it look like an old school film, mm-hmm. but it also looks like very really good. good. Yeah. Like Fuck, it looks yeah. like way better than a movie from back then would mm-hmm. look. I feel. Yeah. Oh hell! But I don't know. I wasn't born in the. I, yeah. I wasn't alive in the thirty. I don't watch many thirties fucking films. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> Not Dude, well, so not only did it look good, the story itself, I really fucking enjoyed it. And again, I know I there's so many characters. There's so many oh, characters. Yes. That's one of the what you could say issues about this movie. Yeah. Because then I was just like, wait, who fucking died? <laughs> right, right, right. And it goes back and forth. Yes. And um, I, I, I've only seen it once. Well, I've seen it one and a half. I watched half of it and then I watched it all in, in its entirety. And I still was just like, I feel like I need to watch this movie again just to get a hold of the characters and. There was a there was a times in this movie where people died and I was just like ah like the who, guy that committed suicide who was that guy no that's at the end yeah yeah but. spoilers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway who's who, um uh, obviously David Fincher directed it who the hell is in this movie Bono okay so of course right off the bat we got motherfucking Gary Oldman playing Herman uh, Mankiewicz okay. The Mank. Big, the big dick himself. Dude, not only long dick, dude. Long. Okay, we're talking about hefty shit. And that's why I was bringing heavy up. Heavy dick? I'm sorry. That's why I brought up Batman. Because he's in fucking right, Batman. In a lot of connections. Yeah, here. he's also Zorg. Okay? I'm going to throw that out there. Fifth fucking element. You Obviously, know? Gary Oldman has been in fucking so many movies. And he's been like. He is argue like top three greatest fucking actors. He's a of savage. All time. He, he also played yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald in JFK. He didn't do it. He was fucking uh, the. <laughs> he was uh, the, he was the voice uh, of Sergeant Reznov in Call of Duty. Just fucking saying, okay, yeah. you're not just gonna throw a fucking voice in there. You're gonna get fucking old man. Yeah, right? Gary. Yeah. He's also a, uh, yeah. Shen's voice in Kung Fu Panda. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he's in that motherfucker. The, the greatest, comedy. The thing. funniest part of that movie. <laughs> Is at the end where they're making fun of how like somebody will be standing across town or whatever or across the street screaming at like something badass, right? <laughs> and he's like over here thinking he's giving his badass speech, but he's so far away. And then Gary Owens just like, 
What? what? <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he like looks back like, did anybody fucking understand that? And the homeboy thinks he's giving like the greatest speech. <laughs> Only Gary Oldman can act that well Fuck through yeah. a fucking like what? He's a duck in that. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. And then, Continue. yeah, you have also uh, Amanda, what, Seyfried? Seyfried? Seyfried. Seyfried playing Marion Davies. What a. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Is she a good actress? (laughs) I don't know. Again, I thought she was great in this movie. And I mean, she has done nothing before to make me think she was capable of this. That's what I was Karen. I was tripping. She was Karen from Mean Girls. I mean, she puts a K on backwards. That's, that's, (laughs) you know, she's playing a character. I'm not not saying she wasn't fucking. Ask people why she wasn't. I'm not saying she wasn't (laughs) terrific in that movie. She is. Yes. But. What she did in that movie and what she does in this movie are like, I would never Polar expect opposites. that from that yeah. actress. She's Karen. She she's in she's Je- hot as fuck. She's in Jennifer's <laughs> body. She's needy in that. She's Savannah and Dear John. Like mm-hmm. all of these women. pregnant girl in first reform. I feel like she's yeah. Oh yeah. She's the voice of Daphne and Scoob. Okay, oh, you know what I'm saying. So she's terrible. She's person. had yeah. fi- she has had misfires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not all winners with safe. Very few actually. And then, and then yeah, you have a couple other uh, actors here: Lily Collins, she's Rita Alexander. What a cutie pie! Mm-hmm. Oh, man, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Pelfrey. Pelfrey, he, she he's Joe Mank, the bro, his boy. Yep. And then uh, Arliss Howard, uh, playing Lewis Mayer. Which is a character he, I fucking like. He fucking crushed in this movie. He yeah, is the guy that the baby T Rex eats at the end of Lost I World. Say, <laughs> I was about to what say Lost World, Full Metal Jacket. Like, Fuck MGM. And he's also grown up Scotty in Sandlot. There you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> iconic yeah. characters. L- led to 2020's <laughs> man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I will always. See that dude, and I was just like, first thing I think of, yeah. he got eaten in yeah, Jurassic Park. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, uh, who is that? It. What else? I mean, those are the ones that are mainly. Well, you gotta. You There's gotta. So many. You though. gotta mention. Um, uh, what's his name? Charles. There's Charles a lot of these Dance? fucking people. What's his name? Charles. Oh yeah, Charles Dance, who played William Randolph Hearst. Okay. Yeah, that you should at least mention him. Mm-hmm. And to know one of his greatest performances, he was the bad guy in Last Action Hero. Okay. He had that glass eye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My bad. Sorry, guys. So he just plays a hell of a villain in anything he's in, basically. He was also in Alien 3, David Fincher's mm-hmm. first movie. Mm-hmm. He fucks a Gordian Weaver in that movie. Did he really? Oh, yeah. In the movie, not oh. in real life. <laughs> online, online. Oh, shit. Oh, uh, yeah. They bang probably too to practice. So. Yeah, come on. <laughs> to practice. <laughs> method. True method acting right there. Just taking above and beyond. Yeah. So, obviously, everybody in this movie is, like, on top of their fucking game. And, again, the plot of this movie is... Basically, um, uh, Herman Mankiewicz, that's Hermie. his name, right? Hermie, Hermie yeah, Hermie. He, get, he gets called by Orson Welles himself, right? He is asked for to write this, or? Yeah, he, or, 
He gets in a car accident. Orson Welles shows up in his hospital room. Says, yo, I need your help. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is actually what really happened in real life. Right. But they don't show in the movie from there. No. Mank and Orson Welles then go. That's when they go to the ranch alone first. And they come up with the idea. And they can't write well together. Mm-hmm. And Mank tells Orson Welles, fuck off. And then Orson, that's when he sells, sends that dude, John Houseman, who's the guy that we see in the movie that is the middleman. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that that actually really happened. Orson Welles, um, was, he had just done War of the Worlds, so he was... Hot shit. Yeah, exactly. But that was radio stuff. He couldn't, mm-hmm. he couldn't be screen, you know, he couldn't write for the screen. Mank was already well known for that. Dude, this guy was actually part of a group... Uh, in New York City. So he was from New York City. That's where he got big. Obviously, they're all fucking right for plays and shit. Mm. And then the talkies came around and the fucking Hollywood took everything. But <laughs> there was a group called the Algonquin Roundtable. They used to all meet up at a at a hotel in New York City. And they would meet up and have lunch every day just to talk shit to each other. It was That's fucking beautiful. crazy. That's awesome. It was just journalists <laughs> and actors and stuff from New York City. And it all started as a joke as somebody was like, oh, you just some journalist went out to cover World War One. And some guy was like, oh, yeah, let's, we're going to celebrate your return. And then he shows up and they just make fun of him for the whole mm-hmm. fucking time. And then the guy took it very well. And they're like, all right, let's just keep doing this. Right. So they're, that's what they would do. Well, there is, awesome. there's kind of a thing like that about like uh, writers or whatever. If you're like a revered writer, you kind of re- like refuse to admit other people's good writing or something. So all you could do is shit on. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All you could do is talk shit, but then maybe like, but deep but down as a inside, form of respect. they they know yeah. they yeah, know yeah. that they're good writers, but they'll never fucking tell them and they'll just talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome though. Yeah. It's a level the of rivalry. Respect. It's just like, yeah. I'm better than you, but you got to think that and whatever. But you yeah. did what? God damn. Yeah. But fuck you yeah. for writing that. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what Mank did? What Mank did? famous Wizard of Oz. He wrote Wizard of Oz? Yeah. Get the <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Ultimately, there was 10 writers that did it. But again, Mank didn't get credit for most of his stuff. Uh, he was dude like punch up kind of things. He would just fix things. But he was, yeah, he was the first to take the story of Wizard of Oz and convert it into a screenplay. He was the one that made the Kansas part longer. And he's the one that made it black and white. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Well, just, well, like they say in the movie, right, when he's just like, oh, you wrote one of our pictures. And he's just like, well, I helped write it. And he's just like, we do it together, like help spread the fucking blame. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no soul. Apparently, at least in the movies that he worked on for MGM or for whatever other studios, like. Just a group of people would write the movies instead of the one, one person guy, yeah. or two people. It'd be like a fucking whole group of them, dude. And these people were making like a thousand dollars a week. Yeah, mm. which these is are, again, this is like what nineteen twenty to nineteen thirty-five. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the fucking first world war had ended. We're in depression. America is at least. And uh, then, me too. I'm <laughs> I mean, a thousand dollars a week now is, is yeah. still not nothing. N- yeah, no. it's peanuts. Nothing. 
but yeah, and to be making that, to be writing movies about whatever, yeah, was was just insane. I mean, that's that's also how uh, you know one of the early scenes in there. He sends a telegram to one of his people in New York, and he said, "Dude, there is millions to be made out here, and your only competition is idiots." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just people just writing shit, like right. literally coming out with a movie a week, right? So the structure of this movie is like we said before. There's a lot of flashbacks, and that's this podcast. You know, goes back and forth. Oh yeah, it's here. Sometimes it's there. You think we don't honor Fincher? (laughs) What's Safri doing here? I don't know. She's here now. He might have taken it from us. I don't know, man. I'm gonna tell you how the movie ends really quick. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there. Let me get there first, and then let's work back. (laughs) Which is how Citizen Kane starts. It starts at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. And do you think that David Fincher, in his way, was kind of like being like, I don't know, this is my like Citizen Kane in this movie? Well, he was also honoring his dad exactly that's that's exactly what i was gonna get at i felt i mean just really from one thing in particular that i read that he was more honoring his father's legacy mm-hmm. more than anything and i think that matters a lot it's your fucking dad you know absolutely right because there's a there's a scene um so just to again fast forward it a bit he gets set up in the room Mm-hmm. He also gets uh, a supply of tranquilizers yeah. because he they tell him he can't drink. Yeah, it's kind of part of the contract, right? right? Yeah, it worked out for them that they put him in this ranch that he can heal himself, but also it's a dry ranch and he's an alcoholic. So they're like, "Ha, we can corner him and force him to work." Yeah, essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. he'll but probably they, fucking die because he needs alcohol. Yeah, so sure. they're like, "Yeah, we got to give him something." So he's bedridden. So they, <laughs> yeah, they hook, straight up, yeah, broken leg and everything. <laughs> Yeah, they hook him up with with a, a hot stenographer mm. and mm. also an attractive mm. German nurse mm-hmm. and a, a fucking whole bottled setup of this little. But piece. they don't tell him it's tra- they 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 sh- him, they, they show make- it to him like kind of saying hey it's here yeah but since he has a broken fucking leg he won't be able to get to it right yeah, so yeah. Like, they're hey. telling him it's booze yeah yeah yeah. But, the other, but they're really tricking him. Yeah. It's, great. <laughs> it's yeah. great. They're like, write it, and then you'll get the shit. Amazing. And it's like in a in a case where it has like a hidden compartment that shows just like, I don't know, like three fucking little layers of booze, like little bleachers. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like little bottles you get at the when you're in a hotel room or the, you little know, the one, $1 little shooters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. we're a little more grown up. A little bit more. A little like the four more. or five they, they dollar ones. They ounce. Yeah, they do look like like they're not that small. They're actually. They should make them nowadays is what they should do. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> little, we, need to, we need to find a fucking crate like that is what we need to do. You oh, get yeah. a badass crate oh, like yeah. that. A little doctor crate. Let's we do it. Let's do it. I'll get right on that. I'm <laughs> but anyway, but the reason why I said that I believe that it was a Fincher more trying to honor his father's screenplay, who, again, his dad was actually the one that wrote the screenplay, who has now passed away. Um, R.I.P. to Jack mm, Fincher, mm. of course. Yeah. The <laughs> first the first time Mank gets these bottles, he there's a scene where he, you know, it shows him passed out. He drops a bottle out of his hand. Mm-hmm. It is literally shot for shot a scene in Citizen Kane. That oh. that's how Citizen Kane starts mm. with 
the main character, he's holding on to a snow globe and he says Rosebud and then he dies and drops it. Mm-hmm. And so Fincher was wondering, fuck, should I put that in? Like, cause it, it's kind of cheesy in a way that it's like a it's shot for direct, shot. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, but he was like, nah, it was in my father's screenplay. So he's like, that's what helped me in the editing room to keep that in is that that's what my dad had put in. So that's why I think a lot of this, even if it was wrong or something, I think it was like for his dad's legacy. Mm-hmm. He probably was like, fuck it. I'm going to do how my dad wanted it. And mm-hmm. another um, uh, little piece of trivia there is after he directed the game in 1997, he try- he's been trying to make this movie since then. And um, I believe he, after making the game, they were just like, yeah, whatever. Do whatever you want. He just did seven, did the game. They were Mm. like, whatever, do whatever you want. And he's like, I want to do this movie. They were like, fuck it, do it. And he's like, I want it to be in black and white. They were like, dude, you can't make it in black and white. And he was just like, well, then I ain't fucking fucking doing it. Then I ain't fucking doing it. He just sat on it. He could have made it then. But he waited up until now to be able to do it <laughs> the way he wanted to do it. That's fucking, that's crazy. I mean, yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I can't imagine that in 97, you know. I mean, again, you have the technology now. You kind of have endless resources. I mean, I'm sure he could have made it, but who knows if he would have made it with Gary Oldman. Right, right. And fucking, it would have been a completely different movie. I also saw, I mean, it would have made more money. I saw that the box office is like $99,000. Well, this was was a Netflix movie, and it was released during a pandemic. But if you look at other Netflix movie releases, such as uh, The Irishman, they release it super, like... limited the only real reason i believe they release it theatrically is so that they can win oscars so that's what we were saying right because this is the end this is what the fourth of december oscars are around the corner it got nominated for like all of them i don't believe the oscar nominations are out yet no um uh, it has been nominated for things but um uh this movie has kind of been to the world a fucking letdown as, as a David Fincher movie. Hmm. Like everyone was waiting for David Fincher's next movie. The general consensus is that this was a letdown. Yeah, I read some some of the reviews on on IMDb. People and stuff were like that. pissed off that this was yeah. what they got as their new David Fincher movie. Well, it's because you got you got he has fucking Seven, Zodiac, Fight Club, The Social Network, a couple Steve Winwood videos. You know what I mean? It's, it's some crazy shit. I mean, this guy. Classy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Nine Inch Nails, Madonna. He's done it yeah. all, this guy. Well, what's interesting about it is that I'm a fucking shit. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> what what are we saying? <laughs> let's, get, let's talk about the plot a little bit. So, so yeah. Mank here, people are like half an hour into this episode. They're like, what the fuck is this movie about? But, but, <laughs> but we're going to spoil it, so you better have watched it anyway. I mean, that's yeah. the whole point. If not, I hope you will you watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Talking yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. So Mank is, is, again, asked by Orson Welles to help him write this, this story. And Mank basically starts writing a biography of his friend or former friend, William Hurst. Mm-hmm. And then that's where they go back and forth. Yeah, that's where it gets confusing. Yeah. Because at first you 
you think that like he's barely going to meet him, but at the beginning of the movie, his relationship with him is already tarnished. Yeah, <laughs> it's already done. It's done yeah. Um, so it's giving you like the perspective of like the literal last thing he did or whatever. You know, he's the fucking crazy alcoholic guy who's. He's the bad boy of Hollywood, right? They're like, okay, let's keep this guy the fuck away from us in Victorville, California. Not really. It was shot there, but where the fuck was he supposed to be? Where was it taking place? Oh, yeah, it's in Victorville. Yeah, okay. So it then, literally was shot at that ranch. Awesome. And, uh, so, yeah, let's get him the fuck out the of here. And you can rent that ranch. Tell me hey. what, I mean, that you don't think that Mank is one of the fucking best characters that we've seen in a movie in a long fucking time. He's like... I mean, uh, that lovable, drunk character. Well, he's also a miserable bitch. Yes, but... Which I relate to because I, too, am a miserable (laughs) bitch. (laughs) Who isn't a miserable bitch? If you're not a miserable bitch... By 2020, yeah. But he's one of those dudes that, like... uh, Charles Bukowski, again, is another great person also from LA that that is relatable to this that like dude what can you bitch about you're literally making a thousand dollars a week you're mm. very well respected in this arena you can you can go to studios and walk around and everyone knows who the fuck you are but yet all you do is walk around and say how everything fucking sucks right it's kind of mm. like honestly if you're like a great writer or somebody that creates great things you're kind of just just like i'm too good for yeah. this world or everybody else is fucking yeah, stupid he, he and seems, doesn't understand me the character <laughs> exactly the, the character is. is like extremely cynical but the fact that he's fucked up all the time is kind of like oh well he's just fucked up he's just talking shit because he's a drunk fucking guy saying clever Things. Super witty, extremely <laughs> witty, insulting people to their faces with a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> like it's great. It's what we all, in a sick way, aspire to fucking be, <laughs> right? Sure I know for I know for a fact that all three of us here in this room, <laughs> like like you said, this character is a Charles Bukowski type. Also, Hunter S. Thompson comes to mind. Yeah. It's very much in line with that, and I know we've all like been drawn and respected that man and admired him right. like basically our whole lives and this is another character that is in that vein the fucking smart guy doesn't give a fuck that's just going to write beautiful fucking shit that's just like wow that was deep but you're just a fucking drunk fuck up <laughs> <laughs> and then and who were his adversaries really you know you look at again louis b mayer or william randolph hearst those guys were the supposedly good guys you know they were the ones that looked down on him for his behavior and these guys were fucking pieces of shit too. oh the worst oh, yeah. yeah the worst men never terrible, terrible william randolph hearst like arguably ruined the world <laughs> <laughs> got us to war with spain for like sure. he uh, his decisions have shaped america in a way for the worst in a way that people don't know yeah. <laughs> no and it, yeah so it's quite interesting to be like oh this is the outcast this is the weird go this is the one that's not falling in line right the one that's calling out all your bullshit exactly yeah. exactly Cause yeah, at that point they that's were. Why, just... That's why we look up to this hero, right? He can be a drunk, he could be all this shit, but whatever. We all want to stand up to the fucking man. And William Randolph Hearst, I believe, is 
what they made the term the man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, I'm just, that was pure speculation, yeah. but I would, I don't know. <laughs> like, I would, I'll argue with Let's you about that. that. Dude, but he gets put in his place hard. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. When, the, yeah, he's like, when he realizes, like, bitch, you talking shit about me. Like, you only exist yeah, because of me. I you didn't even know you. that. <laughs> you didn't even it's know brilliant. that. So you can't dance unless the song is playing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just like, dude, the only reason you're here is because I fucking find you funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. And, and that is also great to be like, I mean... I know, at least me and Oz. I don't know about Bono, but mm. we've all been the drunk guy in the room that thinks he's smarter than everybody. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I fucking almost had to fast forward that scene the second time <laughs> because it's so relatable. Like, and, and you know what? That feels good because a lot of the times we will win those things, but on occasion, someone will put you in your place. And something like that. That's where I come in. And then the when, when you when you get that feeling, even with like the fucking blanket of alcohol <laughs> and whatever else you might have fucking taken, mm-hmm. and then they still make like make you feel stupid, even though you think you're the smartest guy in the room. That shit fucking destroys you. But that's that's <laughs> you hit him, That's why you just hit him with one of the. Well, that's just like your opinion, yeah. man. <laughs> but it's a coin toss. Yeah. It is the world's greatest coin toss of whether you will react cool to it or whether yeah. you were going to fucking lose your yeah. shit. And, and the crazy, the, the really the really cool thing I liked about it, too, is that Mank does not give a fuck. You know, again, you know he's an alcoholic. You know he's witty. But he's also a fucking gambler. And he doesn't care, oh, dude. So terrible. He gambler. does not so fucking good. care, man. Well, fucking bother well one of those. You um, will gamble about anything. <laughs> what? So you first meet his character as bedridden in like this really kind of pathetic light. But then you get a flashback to him like in his element. You get like this Wolf of Wall Street fucking mm-hmm. scene. And um. Uh, you're being led in there by this guy who's just like it's his first day there. He just got there. Isn't um, that his brother? That's his brother, right? That's his bro. Yeah. His brother's introducing um uh, this other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to, to the group. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then the guy gets there, and like he knows what he's walking into. He right. thinks he's gonna get into like oh fuck, I'm gonna go into the room of like brilliant writers. Fucking Mank is in there. Mm-hmm. What a reputation. He gets in there and they are all going wild over a coin toss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're about Mank is getting his ass handed. Yeah. They're about to pitch a movie. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> this group of people is about to pitch a movie. And fucking they're going over a fucking coin toss. Not only that, they all of a sudden, the most beautiful titties I've ever seen. Oh yeah, are there in paste? There are. They don't tits. even like focus in on Mm-mm. it too much. If you're not paying good attention, yeah. you won't even fucking notice it. It's an AK. No one, no it's one, an AK. Okay. No one brings attention to the fact that there is a fucking perfect ten out of ten rack <laughs> <laughs> just out there. 
taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. not only that, you see that that chick is actually like smart and shit, right? Mm-hmm. She's taking the notes. She's hearing what this guy has to say. He makes a good point. She looks at him like, hey, that was a good okay. point. <laughs> <laughs> and then so they go through that. This guy's just tripping out. And then they're like, all right, time to go fucking pitch this movie. And then they get in there and you just find out that it like they are literally on the spot. They, are liter- they don't give a fuck nope. about what they do. <laughs> it is a joke yeah. to them. And they are just like. Playing the fucking yeah. head of that studio, right? Yep. And they are all improvising. They all pass the ball to each other, pitching this movie. And it, I fucking love that fucking yeah, scene. It's good. Because then at the very end, right, everybody goes through their bits. And at the end, they tell the fucking new guy who's literally <laughs> yeah. been there for like the fucking <laughs> 20 minutes. The, the hasn't even, he hasn't even processed what he just saw. He hasn't he even saw, clocked in or anything. No. He saw a fucking a coin toss bet and some titties. <laughs> and now he's in this room watching these guys pitch, pitch a, movie, a movie. And then fucking Mank tells, looks at him and he's like, tell him about the fanatic. <laughs> <laughs> And that guy's just like, ah. but it's it's brilliant too because even even right before they leave the room, they're they're already they already know that each one of them has something to say. So they're like, hey, wait for your cue. We're gonna cue you in. Don't worry about it. And he's just like, what the fuck? Again, yeah, put yourself in that position with some brilliant motherfuckers. And they're like, hey, give us the finale, you fucking new guy. <laughs> yeah. And it goes to him and like the the shot, it shows everyone like looking at this dude like finish this fucking movie. Yeah, well <laughs> he like finishes, right? Yeah. And then you see man kind of give him a look like that wasn't good enough. <laughs> so he adds to it and he does he's like, and at the end, he's like, you see a priest weeping <laughs> and then mank just looks at the head of the studio <laughs> the fucking look that he gives the head of the studio is like, eh? <laughs> like it's so fucking good like yeah. i was just like dude gary oldman give him the oscar now <laughs> give him the oscar now yeah he was just not only was he surprised that that guy was able to come up with <laughs> like a good fucking ending right. like he also gives them the look like Huh? That yeah. was that wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> it was. This is my team over here. <laughs> hey, but I also love that that was also kind. Of, I don't know how real that was, but it was a cool way to, dude. If you that's how you'd make your name for yourself, loose as hell. You know, Just yeah. If you it. if you can't come up with something, fuck it, you're gone. Yeah. Next guy's coming in tomorrow. Yep. But if you can come up with something right now, guess what? You're yeah. part of the crew. On the fucking spot. And like, it's, Jesus, it's great too. Cause yeah, then they're like, okay. It focuses on religion and all this shit, like really feeding it, you know, when they just came up with it right there. In the well, spot. they're basically, again, fucking I, don't, I don't know about the research. Maybe we should look this up. Um, uh, they're basically pitching Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. <that's- laughs> I don't know if Frankenstein was already a movie at that point. In time. Well, they were talking about it, right? They're like, oh, well, Universal take care of all the monster movies, right? They're like, oh, it sounds like a monster movie. It's like, yeah, Universal's got that it's on like, lock. Yeah, it's like, what's the difference? It's like, this one means, yeah, uh, yeah, or yeah. we're trying to say something. Right, right. And so the they message, through, yeah. Yeah, so they go through their whole fucking thing, and they're like, okay, but what are you trying to say? And then, <laughs> that's when they tell that guy, like, yeah, <laughs> like, what are you? It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's awesome. And then... And then the guy gives his pitch, right? And then the executives eat it up. And they're like, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's this. And then Manx is like, 
Mm-hmm. That's director proof, baby. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter who you throw in that bitch. Like, it doesn't matter. The story's so goddamn good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking amazing fucking scene. I loved it. And and it's cool, too, because the, the flashbacks come in, like, a screenplay style where you get, like, the typewriter. It goes off. It gives you a date. So it uh, makes it kind of easy to yeah. keep track. I mean... I still lost where the fuck I was at, but I enjoyed that part because it's giving you, like, the understanding of him. You're learning this character and seeing how he progresses or, you know, downfalls as the the movie proceeds. Well, right after that, so Charlie's the guy that just got introduced into it, right? So then at the end, Charlie's just like, oh, like, I'm going off to, like, my sister's for, like, the weekend. If you want to come, man, and he's just like, I might just take you up on that. Right. And then he shows up. <laughs> Fucking plastic. He shows up. He's just like, yeah, I'll be at seven in the morning. He shows up at seven in the morning. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Someone drops him off. He's just like climbs out of the fucking car all drunk. And then the guy's there, and then he has like the cart for the wheel, like the for his luggage. luggage. And he just like. Gives a bow and just like flops on. <laughs> and all the people are trying to get an autograph from the actress yeah. in the car, and they're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> they're like trying to walk around him and shit, yep. and he just plops onto that thing. So goddamn good. And then he wakes up in a strange bed. He's like basically awoken by like a scream. Right here's the fucking yeah. scream. Oh yeah, yeah. And he doesn't know where he is. No. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> and he just wanders into the uh, fucking the production of a fucking He's movie. Just following the yelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, first the, the the like the housekeeping staff is looking at him like. This motherfucker yeah. finally woke <laughs> up and he's just like, oh, fuck, what did I do? And just sneaks by them all fast. Mm-hmm. Just trying to find the What the movie were they shooting? The other were the horse. That would no be idea. interesting, too. I mean, was he part of that as well? Was he on set? That type of shit. You know what I mean? Right. No idea. <laughs> no clue. Um, uh, but that's where you get introduced to the character of, of uh, L.B. Mayer, played by Arliss Howard. Mm-hmm. And then you also get introduced to the character of Marion Davis, played by Amanda Seyfried. And uh, even at the end of the scene, you meet William Randolph Hearst for the first time. Well, this is a very pivotal scene because, oh, yeah. yeah, that's when when Seyfried's character or when Marion Davies introduces um, Mank to Hearst. Mm-hmm. And that, again, sets off his whole right. career. It also gives it gives Mank like the the modest, uh, humbled approach, even though he's that cynical and everything, too. When he's on set, they're like, hey, you're the fucking guy from the East Coast. And he's like, yeah, I'm whatever. What does he say? He says, like, I'm the humble. I'm the fuck. I'm that guy turned humble screenwriter or whatever. Mm. And they're just kind of like, oh, OK, then, yeah, mad respect, you know. But it gives you another layer of him that you might have just dismissed from the get-go because he's just a give-a-fuck drunk. Yeah. But it's also, like, adds to his, um, you know, the fucking credibility. You're like, okay, well, this dude's real. He's collected. He knows what the fuck yeah. he's talking about. Well, that's what's interesting about it, right? He's always drunk, and sometimes he could be, like, a nice, respectable drunk. <laughs> and then other times he'll just be a piece of shit. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, at the end of that scene, he meets William Randolph Hearst. He kind of has a little interaction with him. William Randolph Hearst goes on his way. 
and they basically tell him like hey like he liked you you know and that's kind of like where that little flashback yeah, and like, sit him to my left mm-hmm. you know how many how many sh- times they shot that scene over a hundred over 200 jesus it took eight days what to shoot that one scene well, Fincher is, the longest scene. is such a perfectionist that sometimes even their performance doesn't matter. It's like it's just the way something is on set. He's trying to capture it like well, perfectly. Yeah, that's how he says it. It, it. Well, it makes sense, dude. The like, fucking dust. Yes. Well, it could be that. Fucking, oh, my dude, God. But, or you could show up. On a Wednesday, and you didn't sleep very good the Dude. night before, and you got in a fight with your boyfriend, or some fucking shit happened, and you just don't really want to be there. Right. So he's just like, fuck you. You're going to do it a hundred times, and one of those times <laughs> is going to be the way I want it in my head. I'm thinking about those guys on the horseback, bro. Like, Jesus Christ, they fucking rode from, like, quarter mile out, like... Well, there, there's you're, you're shooting that a hundred times. There's a great your balls are gonna explode. There's Jesus a great Christ. there's a great story about how he like broke Jake Gyllenhaal during Zodiac. Like, yeah. like Gyllenhaal was like, like he fucking Fincher basically recently came out. He's like, look, Gyllenhaal came into this movie thinking he was the shit because he had just gotten like good reviews for Jarhead. People started calling him a good actor. He came into my fuck set thinking he was good. It's like, I basically fucking just Humbled broke them. that son of a bitch Humbled apart. <laughs> it's like, and and arguably made him good. Whatever. Jarhead was a good movie. It was a good movie. But when it comes to Zodiac, that's when I was, he's like, oh, fuck. Jake Gyllenhaal is a bad motherfucker. Mm. <laughs> and that was just because David fucking Fincher... Took him to the fucking edge. And they might never work again. Yeah. He's probably Jake Gyllenhaal's like fuck David Fincher. I'll fucking kill him. Yeah, I'll ever see him again. Well, but and, he like made him a good wow, fucking actor. In wow. <laughs> one of the one of the first scenes that with um, Mank and his wife at the at a party in Hearst Castle, they shot that scene a hundred times. And on the hundredth time, Gary Oldman was like, motherfucker, you made me shoot this a hundred times already. And David Fincher was like, yeah, but this is number 101. So reset, go. <laughs> Back to A. Here we go. Here we go. Oh you my married God. my wife. I like that, though. Because, I mean... If I was the actor, I'd be like, bitch, you're going to have to go through all this in the editing room mm-hmm. and find the good one. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Go for all hundred takes of mine. It's like the the music approach, too. You know, motherfuckers go take after take after take. By the time you're done with the fucking track, you're tired of the song. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, uh, there was less feedback in this one. Add that shit. Well, fucking, oh, man. Well, well, my yeah, boy Fincher is, like, such a genius that, like, um, uh, like Brad Pitt... And, like, David Soderbergh talk about watching movies with him. And they're like, you can't watch a movie with him without him saying all the things that are wrong with the the fucking scene that he's watching. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, no, you know what? Like, they did, like, they should have done this, or that's just what I would have (laughs) done. I want to watch a David Fincher movie with him and be like, oh, he should have did this. Oh, that should have happened. Oh, this, and see how he likes you it. Kinda you kind of can't. Kill you you kind of can't. <laughs> <laughs> you like, how you like it? How you like it? 
Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, dude, like, I don't know. Him and Dave and and Christopher Nolan right now are like, like they're the ones, man. They're the ones that are making. I mean, I'm excluding Martin Scorsese, who is still making movies mm-hmm. and they're still great. And are, he's probably the greatest director of all fucking time. Tarantino's in there as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think, I mean, to, for me at least personally, it is between fucking Fincher and Nolan that are just like doing the fuck God's work right now. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know. I fucking love Christopher Nolan, but I think. I think David Fincher is is the fucking the best. I think he's the greatest. And in a way, I feel like I don't, I don't know if this is what he was trying to say or not. I'm, like you said, it, it wasn't. But in a way, I feel like he's saying like I don't know. I'm a better director than Orson Welles, and <laughs> like fuck Citizen Kane, mm. like like whatever. Like he kind of, he really fucking shits. This movie's a fucking fuck you to Orson Welles in a way, is it not? Maybe uh, again, I was I was talking to Oz earlier before you um you showed up today, and I was telling him like not only we don't know the exact story of all of this, and right. and some of it might not be true, some of it might be extra flair, but the fact that it's all practical, dialogue is fucking heavy and intriguing too, like again witty, great fucking dialogue during the set times. And um and one one of the scenes I mean they're talking about the Nazis and they're talking about you know government Nazis. and and it's yeah. fucking crazy because the political game during that time must have been intense like as far as your liberties to do whatever the fuck you want sure it's enjoyable to watch these guys come up with a fucking movie right in the middle of fucking nothing but at the end of the day like it's kind of showing that Hollywood and these you know studios are deep in the politic game controlling a lot of the movement especially in california and they're they were just fucking going deep and it's like holy fuck was this guy that deep into the game like that or was he just kind of there dealing with the bullshit while maybe uh wells was stroking the cock you know what i mean in the middle of all of that I just saw this because, um, okay, up to, along those lines, because also what's going on is one of the governor's race in California. Mm. And Upton Sinclair, who's an author but also a socialist, is is up for election. And obviously all the business people, you know, Mayor and Hearst. And that's one of the, are, one of the, one of the gambling, one of the bets comes into play. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they covered his bets, and he's like, double or nothing. Like, you're trying to take double or nothing <laughs> on a bet you don't know? <laughs> like, all right, fine, 24 grand. <laughs> but do you know who played that guy? Oh, you know who played Upton Sinclair? Uh. Bill Nye. The science Yeah. Guy? No Bill, shit. Bill, Bill, Bill. Yeah, I've just seen it right well, here. He looked familiar. <laughs> he looked familiar. I feel like I learned. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was, like, you know. Why am I thinking about <laughs> tectonic plates people. right now, dude? Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> Tell me about reflection, Just because please. I believe in science. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. That And that's also another reason why I think this might not resonate a lot with people is it's, again, kind of like Chinatown, which is very famous, but it's very heavily in not just national politics, but California politics. Mm. And... I mean, come on! Not a lot of people know that stuff. No, you know, they no. know Ronald Reagan or or some shit. You know, but or Schwarzenegger. You know, but <laughs> um, yeah, not a lot of people know 
nineteen twenties or nineteen thirties California, no, including me dude. and Bono. <laughs> I had to look up like Upton Sinclair. Isn't that that writer? And apparently, yeah, he was a socialist and all that. And but also, I like that they, well, especially Mank, he fights it like, dude, socialism and communism is a completely different fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that was. Directed at modern audiences mm-hmm. who still, again, use socialism as a way to just yeah just negate somebody's mm-hmm. argument. You know, like oh, that's socialist because it's associated with communism, which used to be our enemy, and it's completely well. There's there's a lot of fucking different things too, right? The, at the time, uh, that's the media, right? The, that's where you're getting information. Of course, a bunch of studios are doing propaganda films, much like the Germans. Again, uh, that guy ends up fucking eighty sixing himself because of it, and that's what I'm saying. It's like these motherfuckers are are that involved, Shelly, and um, that's yeah, spoilers on that one. Again, we, man- <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned he, he had a whole box dude. of he has a whole he's box fucking, of bullets. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, that was a good. It was a good scene. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's fucking good. Yeah, it's dude. full of just good scene after. There good are fucking scene. levels. I to feel the it's game. heavy. It's, it's it dense. is heavy. It's I feel. Dense, I feel know? like. I can understand why your regular movie viewer would not like this movie. Number one, one of the reasons why you would like this movie is you're a diehard Fincher fan. Mm. And if not that, then you're a diehard Citizen Kane fan. And if not that, you're like just a lover of old Hollywood. Or Gary Oldman. Or Gary Oldman. But other than that, I don't see how this movie really has a mass appeal. And it really is not an easy movie to watch. Right, you gotta be fucking. It's a great it. pair of tits. And you and gotta pay. <laughs> you gotta pay. Yeah, you're a fan of tits. You're gonna watch this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. They're worth it. Those twenty seconds will make up for those two hours. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Perky yeah, as. But well. yeah, it's not an easy movie to watch, and then, and I feel like. I can easily see a regular person just giving up on this movie like fast. Well, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Like, there's too many people. Like, it's moving too and fast. Honestly, I could I could kind of speak to that too because I mean I like movies, but Electro's a crazy diehard. You know, what I mean Oz, you like movies, but again, yeah, yeah, no, there's no, levels no. to the fucking game. However, Yippee-ki-yay. I I kind of I felt like I had to respect the movie because I was watching it at home, obviously fucking Netflix. But every time I had to do some shit, I would pause it and say, like, right. I'm not going to let it play as background noise. I will give it the attention it deserves because clearly this motherfucker took some time to, like, set all. If you're telling me this guy's taking 100 takes per scene. Yeah. I Minimum. Need, I need, <laughs> yeah. I need yeah, to fucking watch this shit. Yeah. For the 20 second scene there. Yeah, thanks, bro. I'll I'll enjoy the fuck yeah. out of that scene. Well, you're like Ozzy was saying, um, uh, there's like a scene that Amanda Seyfried did over 200 times, and it took like a week to shoot. Oh my God, and she didn't even have a line in the scene. Oh my God, <laughs> and that took a week of her life. <laughs> Not only her life, all the fucking crew's life. You know what? <laughs> watching her do that for like a She's- week. Imagine being like wardrobe or <laughs> any one of those guys be like, hey, you know what? I'm getting paid. I'm oh, yeah, that's what well, again, yeah. And, and Safe <laughs> when she brought that up in interviews, she Give was completely fine with it. She yeah, was well, like, I knew what he was doing. Like, well, the thing is, is like, all right, Gary Oldman has worked with the greatest of the great. And he is one of the greats. 
So he can probably be like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm Gary Oldman. I'm mm-hmm. giving you a good performance. Mm-hmm. All those 100 takes I'll be like, Shut are the good. Fuck up, yeah. Old man. All oh, those 100 man. takes are good. Amanda Seyfried's like, I'm a mean girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will do whatever the fuck David yeah, Fincher yeah. tells me. I was like, like Miserable. Stroke it. I love no, you. No, I mean, you gotta know, she's gotta know her place. She's gotta, she's gotta know that oh, she is working for one oh, of the greatest. And she has, oh, bro, she has one of the most legit scenes where they're like in some fucking, I don't know, badass fucking living room. Around mm. the fire, they're just having open dialogue. No, oh, that's where the the Hitler talk comes. in. Yeah, right? and that's where which I found out because mm. of Oz here, which is awesome because it does come into that conversation comes into a like a way that we get into conversations like who's seen a good movie lately. That's how that fucking conversation starts. Right? Who's seen? Who asked that question? What? <laughs> Wait, are you quizzing me? So look, yeah. that's the brilliant part of this fucking scene too, because yeah, yeah. we were talking a little bit. It was about a man it. on the piano. Who was he playing? Fuck, man! What are you? You're, that's I, Charlie Chaplin. It's okay. Charlie fucking Chaplin. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like why? But it's also like again, they're talking, and then he's playing music to kind of fill in the gaps of the conversation, yeah. and or. Make it to, dramatic. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, and that's Charlie Chaplin. That's one of the most famous comedians, probably the most famous comedian at that time and still to this day. The most famous. And he's just there. The mm-hmm. most famous silent actor of all fucking time. Mm-hmm. And he also looked like Hitler. Well, so he makes fun of the mustache. He makes fun, yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and and you knew that was Charlie Chapman? Well, I was telling Oz, I'm like, dude, <laughs> that dude, he filled in everything perfectly with the piano. And we were talking about uh, Nazi Germany because they're talking about it openly, again, in open discussion. But they're not saying, like, hey, these Nazis are, like, going to ruin the fucking world. They're yeah. saying, like, hey, bro, like, this guy has political power. Like, that's a huge market. They literally say that. And then yeah. LB is over there saying, like, dude, this guy is a fucking joke. Don't even fucking take him seriously. Yeah, no one's going to take him seriously. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Just like Captain Sinclair. <laughs> Adolf Hitler. Another guy you shouldn't take seriously. Yeah. So, fuck so, up. Why are we even talking about this motherfucker? So it's, it's like a, a, it's that's a fucking haymaker of a fucking punch at Hollywood saying, like, hey, you guys are kind of, like, revered that this guy had. They even drop a number. They're like, hey, this guy has this amount of million Germans down for him. Like he was just the guy who said, Hey, I'm down. I'm going to make this happen for us. And he has a country behind him. He's like, we can't even get California to fucking back us here. You know what I mean? Well, and then I love cause mayor again, they, they like kind of focus in on Louis Mayer and he's like, what's a concentration camp. Right. Ooh, right. Again, it's so like, good in that. Like, again, they don't have their side, but they're definitely not anti-Nazi. Yeah, but they're, they're more intrigued. What's happening, yeah. yeah, but and again, and yeah, so and I'm assuming Louis B. Mayer was Jewish because of the last name, and but it's so interesting that he again wasn't necessarily supporting them, but wasn't saying, "Oh, they're bad people." And then he was obviously very ignorant as to what was going on. I said, "Well, what is this concentration yeah, camp?" They it's mentioned like, dude, he's concentra- trying to kill your people. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they mentioned concentration camps, and they go on for a while and then after they make their point he's like what's a concentration camp?" Right. <laughs> he does like you know the point about the constant 
concentration camp was made, but this dude didn't even know what the fuck no. it was. Well, and this is somebody that is connected, yeah. that is connected to one of the most powerful mm-hmm. journalists in the world at this point, and even right. they don't know. Right. This is a great movie. It's fucking. There's there's so many layers. There's fucking layers, man. And and even uh, back to the homegirl getting fucking put in her place. She's just kind of like, you know, making fun or making light. She's like, hey, she's she's speaking truth. Oh, that too. And then everyone's like, that's the jab. That's the jab. Where they don't even have to say shit. Where she's oh, like, well, she just looks at at, at Willie, mm. and he gives her that like, shut the fuck up well, look. Because there's a guy there that's representing uh, Franklin Delano yeah, Roosevelt. Exactly. Yeah, he's part of the. And they're all trying to say, of- what can we do about this Hitler dude? And uh, Amanda Seyfried's character is like, well, I just saw Marian. Will. Yeah, Marion over here. She's like, I just saw Willie picking cabinet members like he was casting a film yeah like, mm-hmm. i'm sure we can get them to do and something she, oh, bro, it's and that's when everybody was like yo she knows it. <laughs> too much too much she excuses herself yeah bro, no, that's she, so she's, so, well, she's she, smart she looks at <laughs> she looks at him he gives her that fucking last action hero villain look, <laughs> and, then she's just, look. and then she's just like i'm out of here. <laughs> fuck this. I fucked up. Yeah. And I apologize and I will leave. I'm out. I'm go find my I'm secret out. booze stash. Will the uh, biggest drunk in the room please follow me out? I'll be outside. Thank you. And his wife tells him to go. go. Yeah. Poor he's Sarah. just like, dude, I need to go fucking. And she wants the D, homes. Mm-hmm. And poor Sarah's like, go, homie. Go give it to her. She's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely lady. What a great woman for Sarah. The female <laughs> characters in this movie are interesting to say the least. There's three main ones. Dude, most of them are real. Yeah, and it's just like they all have an allegiance to to this character. Mm-hmm. Even though he's technically not a good guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but then wh- given but, the times, too. I wh- mean, you got to consider that shit, too. We're wh- talking about... Late thirties, you know what I mean. Again, in contrast to Hearst and Mayer, he's a uh, great guy compared to yeah, him. <laughs> like he's just a drunk. You know? yeah. He's just a drunk he's with a, a fucking talent. poet. It's all he mm-hmm. is. These guys just take advantage of this talent for their own personal gain. Oh, for sure. And that's also one of my favorite scenes. When again the the new what was the new guy's name that that showed up? Charlie. When Charlie shows up, I think it's Charlie. I <laughs> know oh, it's actually his brother Joe it's when Joe. he introduces He's him with Joe yeah. yeah he introduces him to Louis Mayer when Louis goes to do the speech mm. to cut the salaries 50% and and oh, Louis oh such a good yeah. that's some, it's so amazing <laughs> cuz everyone's talking to him he's just in his own head, talking about how great he is and the family that Dude. he's created, and he says, "I won't break up this family over a thing like money." Yeah, dude, it's powerful. Well, and you know, so the- and then, and then uh, man, at the end of that scene, one of the greatest lines. He's like, "Not even the most disgraceful thing I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen." Dude. <laughs> well, and going back to the levels and layers and mm-hmm. all this shit, and I again, I don't, I haven't found anybody else that has said this, so this is a fucking movie power hour exclusive. Yo. Fuck yeah! So, <laughs> so when he's doing that speech, of course, uh, the grips and uh, the low, not the actors, the lower paid people are like, dude, 
That's a lot of fucking money. Like he's asking for half, half of their money. Yeah. Half of their money yeah. for several weeks and promises that when this thing is over, that they will get paid back. Right, right. Which spoiler alert? They don't. They don't. <laughs> I got to spoil it for the fucking people. Well, they should. Well, Well, so one actor gets up and says, I support you. I got your back. A woman. Which, who the fuck is that? It starts with a man. (gasps) Outrage. It's a first. Blasphemy. I did not see a man. (laughs) At first, it's a man. A womanly man, probably. And, um, but that person is what I believe, again, because I haven't seen anybody else. This is my own research. I believe that person that defends him is a person named Lionel Barrymore, who is Drew Barrymore's grandpa's brother. I do not support this. (laughs) The Barrymore name will not be tarnished here (laughs) at this fucking podcast. They were part of it. This is not an electoral exclusion. This is heresy. The the grip that says that, again, he says that, and the grip was like, well, you can afford that, Mr. Barrymore, but we can't. So I did research, because Drew Barrymore comes from a, a... Hollywood family like the Barrymore's have been Mm, actors since since the 19th century of course so at at this time in Hollywood history there was two brothers that were famous actors one of them who was Drew Barrymore became Drew Barrymore's grandpa and his brother who worked at MGM for most of his career and was this big character who is again a big person the person that stood up is this big burly character. Um, but anyway, let's take a quick break and we'll wrap this up after this. Get back on make, baby. Woo. We have returned from our break. And, and I was right. You were. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You really are, tell, but you tell, were at that point. The break was but whatever, well, let's I not make right. a big deal about it. Mm. Barry Morse. <laughs> let's not make a big deal about it. You guys it. owe me shit. No. <laughs> no. 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 Anyways. So, um, uh, a big important plot line in the in the movie, and something that again I feel like at least me and Ozzy, as people that write drunk as fuck, <laughs> can relate to, is that like again, like we mentioned, Mank was put in a dry house and was promised alcohol at the fucking finish line. Well, guess what, Mank. Worked his way to that box. Mm. He took a drink. He fucking passed out. They they're like, yeah, that wasn't alcohol. We like basically drugged him. It was a tr- like a horse tranquilizer or something, wasn't it? Yeah, rhino tranquilizer. Rhino. <laughs> rhinos, shit. Yeah. So homeboy, I looked it up. Hot yeah, in these some, some rhinos. <laughs> some serious shit. <laughs> some serious shit, dude. Um, uh, and then basically, uh, one of the homeboys that was looking over him, he was just like, "I'm disappointed that you drank this without even finishing your first act. <laughs> you were ninety pages in." To writing this story, you gave up on your sobriety, which you promised that you were going to remain sober while mm. writing this movie. You gave up on that quick. But not only that, okay. So he had 60 days to write this screenplay, correct? Or 90, depending 60 on 60 or who. 90. Mm. But basically, his time was about up. He wrote 90 pages to which people were like, this is great. Right. 
but you have only written the first fucking act of a fucking movie. And so he makes a decision and then he fucking has a delivery. And it's also a really, um, uh, is that the scene where the, where the war, where the lady gets the letter from the war? Or is that earlier? That was earlier. Okay, never mind. The letter gets the lady from the war. Mm. <laughs> that was one of the first times. Yeah. I, I assume, I, it almost seems like a suicide attempt. You know, because I didn't, at the first time I didn't realize he didn't, he didn't know that that wasn't booze. Because he's like, always the funniest guy in the room. Because <laughs> she gets a letter and he's like, oh, no, what is that? The, the yeah. smartest the guy. Smartest. Oh, the smartest so, guy. So she's reading the letter and he basically like makes fun of what could be. He's like, oh, you're like, your husband is probably. Fucking- Aircraft yeah. carriers are fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was the introduction to her. That's yeah. when he was there and meeting everyone and understanding that these deadlines have to be met. So he was going to be catered to by this female who apparently had a, a husband now on a fucking air carrier in fucking wherever the fuck, right? Yeah, yeah. And and she, he says something, to, oh, well, my sympathy to you and your fucking husband. And she's like, look, uh, I don't need your sympathy, and we'll fight the war for you. You know what I mean? Like, So mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. Bitch. Which is pretty cool because that character comes off as really strong and like, okay, she's a tough bitch. She's about it, but then she gets this letter. That um, apparently, like her husband or the entire fucking crew, have gone missing in in the water. Yeah, I'm a suspected dead, but whatever. Could be, but yeah. So he feels like an asshole, and he basically does say, "It's like, yeah, like I'm always the smartest guy in the room." You know, the smartest, just a fucking can't help himself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it has nothing to do with this scene we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no. Anyway. So I oh I you're right. So the guy comes in from the studio mm-hmm. checking on his on his progress as he's getting a delivery. As he's getting a delivery, <laughs> he wakes up from like a bender of him drinking tranquilizers, and they're like, "This guy, the this head of the studio or whatever is here to see you, and also you've got this delivery." And he's like, "Well, whatever, send them both." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then he handles it, like, really awesomely. Mm-hmm. It's a great fucking scene. This guy comes in, tells him, what the fuck? You're, like, so far behind. And he's like, whatever. Like, step into the next room, whatever. And then they come in. They deliver the fucking alcohol. He basically he's tells He's like, is this okay? I think there's enough space there. Just go ahead and put this <laughs> giant crate of booze next yeah. to the fireplace, please. Yeah, and then so Lily Collins, this character, Rita, is just like, dude, I will not help you fucking be a drunk or whatever. And then basically he's just like, look, like, I can't fucking write without alcohol. Like, if you want me to finish this shit, I've only got, like, whatever, 12 days, 13 days. So if you want me to finish, I need to get fucked up because that's when I do my best work. Mm. So it's impossible for him to finish the job without alcohol. So me hitting on girls. Yep. (laughs) 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 I've seen it. (laughs) I've seen it. And I'm... uh, that also is that scene where where it is revealed that Mank has helped a lot of Germans um, uh, escape or whatever, which is only like a half truth, but whatever. 
But that's what what convinces Lily Collins to to continue helping yeah, him. Yeah, to stay and help. And this is a good line where the German girl's like saying, like he's a he's a grown man, a good man, and should be treated as such. And then she explains to him what he did. And then she takes him his first glass of alcohol, serves herself one, and she's just like, bottoms up, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Let's ride citizen kind. Well, she says to Mankville or whatever. <laughs> that's where she's and then that's where he's like, How do you say blabbermouth in German? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you find out that um uh, at, in the next scene that Mayer never paid back the money. That he promised to to the people, the family, the, the MGM family, MGM. And so he, so Mank shows up at the studio one day, and somebody who he knew, I don't know, if he was like a writer or something, right, right. was like begging for money. And then he's like, "Well, like, what happened?" You know. <laughs> and then he's just like, "I have a buck," and he asks the security, security guard, guard. So Ed, lend me a buck. <laughs> <laughs> he gives him the dollar, and he just hands it over to him. Great fucking mm-hmm. great, great scene. That's where you find out that the mayor is obviously a real fucking piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. And then that's where fucking obviously Mank is just like, all right, this is like I'm working for for awful awful men. Um, uh, and then so Mank finishes his screenplay and it is over three hundred pages long. They're just like, well, this is like. Way too goddamn long. But it's good. And, yeah, they're like, it's very good, but it's way too goddamn long. He's like, well, whatever. Give it to Orson Welles and tell him to pick the parts that he fucking likes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then he's just like, man, like, um, uh, I guess it was in in the contract. And right here, he also reiterates how he does not want a writing credit for his screenplays. Like, whatever. Give it to him. Tell him to do whatever the fuck he wants with it. Um, uh, is that a fucking power play? Like, how savage do you have to be? Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, are you just that drunk? Or be you expect the motherfucker who's doing it to feel some fucking heavy guilt and be like, I have to. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not that guy. I'm a phony type shit in a world of fucking phonies and give a fuck dudes. You know what I mean? Doggy yeah. dog motherfuckers. I think he just thought, like, next year I'm going to come up with another thing like this. Mm-hmm. And the next year as well. Mm-hmm. But he then everybody started telling him, like, bro, this is the best shit you've ever done. But, like, you can't but just. But not before telling away. him, like, you are starting a fucking war. Well, because it's so obvious <laughs> that it's about William Randolph Hearst, right. who is one of the most powerful yeah. journalists or those type of people. Basically, there's no way you're going to win. Yeah, even if you're right. Yeah, they're just like, dude, just yeah, you're you're burning a bridge that you can like the ultimate bridge to burn. Yeah. You are burning. <laughs> His brother tells him that too. He's just His like, brother tries to get him out of it. Mm-hmm. So offer him three, a deal on another movie. Three people try to get him out of it. Yeah, several people come to him. Even like, poor Sarah. <laughs> Try to get him out of it. But when his brother tells him, I love that that fucking part. Because he's just like, I read your script, but you do not want to pick a fight with good old Willie. Or whatever. And he's just trying to talk him out of it, like being mean. 
And then he's like walking away and then Mank tells him, it's like, I'm washed up, Joe. I haven't been for years. And his brother just looks back at him and he's like, it's the best thing you've ever written, man. You're not washed up. You might think you're a piece of shit and you're treating yourself like a piece of shit, but that's the best thing you've ever fucking done in your life. Mm. And that scene almost brings tears to my fucking <laughs> eyes. <laughs> and mm. I don't know. Man. <laughs> and then that's when fucking Manx just realizes that he does want credit, that this is his legacy. This is the greatest thing that he's ever fucking accomplished. And even though he agreed to not get credit for it because of some director and actor's hubris, that he's just like, fuck that. Like, I need my name attached to this. And, and I mean, I don't know. That's as, that's as great as it gets right there. And I don't know, an artist fucking taking pride in his work or something. Well, and that's what sets up the whole drama to this day of how much he was actually involved in it. Mm-hmm. Because there's that scene where then Orson Welles says, dude, don't put your name on it and... We'll give you a $10,000 fucking bonus. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no dice. Yeah. And that's one of those things where I saw that Orson Welles claims that that never happened. Mm. He's like, bullshit. We never offered him no 10 grand or whatever. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing, right? You don't know who. Who's like, telling truth? Who, yeah, what's the real because, story? Like I've said before, no, I mean, man. He's not remembered. No, maybe now he will be remembered as the guy that wrote Citizen King. Before that, it's just... I didn't even know this guy existed, honestly. No, absolutely no. not. Mm -mm. And even though I've never watched Citizen Kane in my life before, mm -hmm. I've heard for many fucking years that it is Ralph the greatest Scott. movie ever made. And that... It's going to suck when we watch it. <laughs> We're going to be like, what? No, it's not. The Rock is. The Rock is. <laughs> oh my God. Nick Cage, come on. Welcome to Citizen King. Exactly. Exactly. Imagine Sean Connery in this movie. R.I.P. Adventure would have done it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what were we saying? I mean, but what do you think? And I know this is a little bit off topic, but is this a movie that is only gonna be for like film buffs type people or can somebody just off the street is it entertaining for the regular joe quote unquote I, is that, is that, it, that sounds? It, it depends on when you consider the regular joe i think basically anybody not anybody the majority of people under like 25 will probably not have an interest yeah. in this movie. how many the screens majority. would that should have had at maya not th three. No, it would be one of those movies. One week. Yeah, it would yeah. be one of those movies. Showing at 10. That, yeah, yeah last exactly. It would be one of those Gotta movies. Go to OCO or some yeah. shit. No, yeah, it'd be one of those movies. Because the Maya was actually really good at playing independent mm -hmm. movies. But they would show them like month or two after you heard about mm -hmm. them. And yeah, there was like two showings. showings and yeah, one of them was at 1030. <laughs> Literally the last yeah, show. Like ten thirty or like at fucking noon. The most yeah. impossible <laughs> fucking time. Let's put him at the man. furthest <laughs> auditorium, all right? Make you yeah. walk to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. Fuck you, man. So God yeah. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. This would be definitely the the that independent movie that would be difficult 
to watch. And if you are watching it, you are somebody that knows what the movie is and are kind of going out of your way to watch it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're like, even if they weren't playing it at the Maya, you saw they're playing it in Monterey at the Osseo. You're like, all right, I guess I'm going to Monterey to watch this mm -hmm. shit. Scary old man. Or not even that. Yeah, or Finch or even you could be like, fuck, I got to go all the way to fucking San Jose to watch right, this fucking right, shit. Right. Like, that's how invested you have to be in in wanting to see the movie fuck, in the I theater. It's more entertaining. I mean, I agree with you. I'm not that, saying I don't agree well, with see, you. That's but the, I just think it's so That's good. the thing, too, is like, you know, you you consider yourself a certain type, but then yeah, there's these other motherfuckers. Like for example, my younger brother, I know for a fact he's not gonna watch this shit. In fact, he will tune out so fast. It's 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 almost like one of those things where it's just at this point it just becomes content on a fucking streaming service. You know what I mean? You basically it's just there. You know, it's not gonna it'll be there for a long time, and then uh, who knows I mean, how many people. I mean, the only way I think you could get somebody. Like that to watch this movie would be like, look, watch Seven. <laughs> okay. And then watch like Fight Club. Mm. And, and then like, be like, okay, that guy made this movie. And it's not that same kind of movie, but you love those movies, right? They're yeah. fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. So now watch this. Yeah. <laughs> Lieutenant it's Gordon. Kind of the only fucking Gordon movie. is in the Zorg. <laughs> He's in this motherfucker. Remember Zorg, you piece I'll of shit? Like, I'm not going to tell you step when. step down to Corbin Dallas. <laughs> I, I can Ruby Rod. If it's early or late or what, but there's the greatest pair of boobs you're gonna see. You're gonna see them in the first act. Yeah. <laughs> if you see it. a great pair of boobs, keep watching because you might see a better one. Yeah. It's gonna you make probably sure you... won't, yeah. but I you might. So keep yeah. watching, pay attention because that matters to the boobs. <laughs> Listen to their words. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Truth, truth. Again, it's it's one of those where it's who the fuck knows, man. Honestly, again, you guys. D decided to watch the Oz. You watched it before the end of the year. Uh, Electro saw a, a piece of it, but then again, yeah, when you showed me the preview to it, opposed to zero interest, a, a, no interest at all. <laughs> I'd rather watch a deaf drummer fucking Amazon Prime movie. Did you watch? I it? didn't watch it yet. Rock and Español stuff. I did watch that. Shit's is fire. It, is that? Yeah, it it's looks pretty so good. good. It's really good, actually. I you know I don't even want to go into it because it's it, not yeah. <laughs> it's not but um, but yeah it's it's one of those things where again if I don't want to say it's forced because I could have totally not watched it and just spitballed the fuck out of this mm. but just watching it I'm like you know what I'm glad I did because I want to watch it again and yeah. like really fucking amp up the volume and pay attention to all the little details and all that type of shit and again I think it's a movie that will benefit from re repeat watches yeah just like fucking fight club you oh, know yeah. what i mean oh yeah seven and, and the end again to bring up christopher nolan tenet you know right they uh, i want to bring up that parallel because both christopher nolan and david fincher released movies this year mm -hmm. people did not like them no. people were like it's a weird year people were like no like like people, and I can see how both of those movies would be hard to sit through, mm. <laughs> right? They are. They they require these, these are these are oof. movies that require something of you. They're not just there for you to fucking blindly yeah. look Ooh, at explosions uh, yeah. or no. or whatever titties, even though there is titties, but, backwards fighting. But no, but 
They are movies that require your full fucking attention. Right. They require as much from you as you require from and it. And it's it's a test of the fucking time. Again, it's it's fucking twenty twenty right now. Uh, Tenet was what two and a half, maybe two twenty. I so, think it was like two twenty. Okay, Mac Mank was like two ten. Okay, yeah. they're, they're roughly know. the same length. They're they're it's pretty long for the fucking Netflix viewer to date, right? That's yeah. what I tell them. And that and that's another thing about it. This movie, and again, I'm a I'm guilty of this. I only guilty. watched I only watched half of it mm. the first time I watched it, mm. and although I was enjoying it. I don't know, something came up and I could just turn it off. If I wanted to go see this at the movies, that's not an option. Right. But you, you also got, have you popcorn. Got, you, got to sit. you got the fucking icy. You of got course. the fucking thing. You the got the words. M&Ms. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how yeah. that would have sounded. I fucking miss that, dog. Straight up. So much. Dude. Yeah. You know how much we used to go Look, to the movies? Yeah. My app here is just non-active. It's fucking bullshit. Cinemark, you pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, to wrap up this movie. Um, uh, well, can I give let me? Can I yeah, give my go, final fact? Go I just, go want, I just wanted to bring let's it on here. Let's, let's hear the solid exclusive. The final. Let's hear it all. From the final. From, from the history man himself. Yeah. Uh, again, really quick. Before we get into that, Ozzy, listen to his podcast, Selena's Underground Podcast. Yeah. He does um, uh, go into history things in uh, about Selena's or about the, California uh, about area. about our area. So if you are interested in in finding out about that, you should go listen to Selena's Underground mm-hmm. podcast. Or if you like cheese, if you like if cheese, cheese as cheese well. In I general, love cheese. you're like what cheese? What is that? What is then that find out why Gold. Monterey Jack is called Monterey Jack exactly. in the latest yeah. episode. Of <laughs> Selena's Underground. I went podcast. deep, baby. I went deep. It's a great oh, episode. Uh, 170 years of cheese history. Hell I figured yeah, out. It's a great episode, and I'm gonna say it's probably because I'm a part of it. But whatever, whatever. Yeah, I mean. You listen to it, you be the judge. It's a, che- <laughs> it's a cheesy episode. Hell yeah. <laughs> Deep cheese. But anyway, uh, so at the end of the movie, spoilers. Oh, no. Um, the, uh, what the <laughs> hell was it called? I forgot what it was. Citizen Kane wins. And this is interesting. It was literally nominated for every single Oscar possible. Mm. Yeah. It was nominated for every single one possible, and it only won one, which is quite interesting. Because they like, won for writing. Yeah, it run for best screenplay. So it's like, why do people, people say it's the best movie ever? And it won one Oscar, and it was nominated for every single fucking one. Mm. Again, uh, one of the, my main points is that the Oscars are a fucking sham. Mm. Yeah. And you should never Whoa, fucking dude. listen Whoa. to... Uh, the, I, like, honestly, I will say it here now. Fuck the Oscars. Wait, what if, dude, what if we get access to the Oscars, bro? Well, you then still... the Oscars are great. <laughs> call, we're the, this is the Mank Award. We talk a lot of shit, but hey. we're still partying. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't mean it. Yeah. We were drunk. We're gonna, but anyway, in we're gonna that... We're going to call it the Mank. In Fuck that, the Oscars. In that scene, the... So Orson Welles is in South America shooting a movie in Rio. He's in Rio. Oh, before that, should we talk about when Mank or did we already talk about how Mank wanted credit? Did we already do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like not being the drunkest person on this hey. show. But anyway, I so well, I'm I'm doing this Mank style. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like a true savant. <laughs> I like this movie so much. I'm going man. <laughs> so uh, again, in in the award ceremony, they say, okay, they're not available. The guy that's saying this person that's, that's going to accept the award for them, that voice, that's Manx Granson. Wow, that that did that little voiceover. Well, interesting, right there. That's right. You heard it here first, folks. Hey, bitches. This is where you come for the fucking real <laughs> trivia mm-hmm. tidbits. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Rewatchables? Fucking trash. Go fuck yeah. yourself, yeah. Bill Simmons. <laughs> you got to hear solid bites. I hope you break your knees. Yeah. Oh, I, hope fuck. You, I hope you get a full recovery and shit, but I still hope you go yeah, through that some knee rehab. <laughs> get some rehabilitation. Did he get hurt? No, I'm just, oh, I'm just wishing I'm just, it upon <laughs> <Bill> Simmons. <laughs> I'm trying to manifest just, it. Yeah, just trying to manifest it. the energy. Just trying to Bill make Simmons. his podcast <laughs> fucking have greater gaps so that the movie power <laughs> could swoop in. Yeah. They're all white, by the way. We're not. We're all right. fucking Mexicans. So, We're all mm-hmm. Is the rewatchables racist? I don't know. I'm uh, not saying... It might be. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying I, I do know and it is. Yeah. <laughs> According to the research here. Yes. yes. But yeah, anyway, the so so fucking Orson Welles throws a bitch fit and he's just like, fine, you get credit. And like, but go fuck yourself. You'll never work for anybody again. And right. he doesn't. He was right. He doesn't. And, um, uh, so they show, they don't show, they play the actual recording of, of Orson Welles yeah. accepting his Oscar, right? Yeah. And he basically tells Mank to kiss his ass. He says kiss my half, but. I mean, come on. Half yeah. of what? Yeah. His balls? But, oh, yeah. Well, I was like, you're looking at me like, yeah, of course. Half shaft? I mean, granted, Orson Welles... A dick kiss. Well, and he respected <laughs> he respected Mank after. He, he never... He always spoke highly of him after all this happened. Mm-hmm. He really hated Houseman, the, the middleman. That guy and Orson Welles were enemies to the death. Mm. So while there was a kind of friction between Mank and um, Orson Welles, Orson Welles respected him... Until he died. Yes, but the movie ends in glory, and it only because of that little fucking speech. The speech that Mank gives when he's receiving his Oscar, and it looks like he's receiving it like in his front yard. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. And he basically explains why him and Orson Welles were not at the Oscars accepting their Oscars together, right? And uh, the line is just, it's it's pure beauty to me. It's just basically like, oh, like, well, he told, like, well, they tell him what Orson Welles said, right? Did they explain it to him? I don't know. Um, I'm sure they did. Maybe it goes from one to the next. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Back to back right away. And then, so basically, he's just like, like, why, um, uh, like, why are you receiving your award like this? And he says, like, I'm receiving my award um, uh, the same way that this, uh, that I wrote my script, like, with the absence of Orson Welles. <laughs> this is like, bitch, like, mm-hmm. I wrote this. <laughs> nice. Because of a fucking, like, contract, fucking Orson Welles has his name on the screenplay, but I wrote it. And... 
like we're saying he never did anything again and this is his legacy and shit. But I think that is as triumphant as a legacy can fucking be. And I think, I mean, David Fincher is willing to put his on the line. Is contributing to giving credit to Mank and to being like, man, this is the genius behind um, Citizen Kane, even though Orson Welles gets all the fucking credit. Everybody gave Orson Welles... Like you made the greatest movie ever fucking made, but he, but he didn't write it. This other man did, and there was friction between it and all this shit. But it never would have been without this fucking guy, and he could have fucking died young from fucking alcohol disease and all this shit. But at the end of the day, I look at it as a a super triumphant story about a, a fucking man that fucking. Set his legacy and like fulfilled himself without like ever really fully getting credit up until maybe right now. Yeah, and not only that, he didn't have to stroke the cock, he didn't have to fucking brown nose or anything, right? He was just him, he was the fucking according to uh, this movie and everything. And again, that truth may not ever be known. Uh, who the fuck knows, you know, who knows what the fuck really happened. But the way it's told, and if Fincher's dad, you know, was a part of this shit, who, I don't know, I mean, I'm sure, how old's that fucking man, or how old was he? He died in, like, 1993 you or know something. What I mean? yeah. Fucking old-timer who's probably part of it, or at least a part of the Hollywood fucking well, he, I mean, if you, machine. Look at, if you look at who David Fincher is, you gotta assume, you gotta assume his dad was some of that. Right. He had to have passed some of those traits on to him, and maybe he was—he's not as successful as whatever as we were looking into it. He was like a writer for like Life or Time magazine. I don't know. Holy shit! Check out this connection I just made right here. Here's What's a up? Let's hear it. So, um, so Mank's brother, and this is where I Joe? I, I do see what you say, like, oh, that was that was good and a good. You know, last thing to do with Citizen Kane, but his brother Joe went on to have a very, very successful career. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of see that if if Mank could, in a sense, you know, rein his life in, he probably would be now known as one of the greatest screenwriters of all time. But he was his own biggest enemy and ended up killing himself. Right. You know, before he can really or again before he could actually keep doing more things and really cement his his place as his brother has his brother is really really well known in hollywood and has did a lot of things up until like the 80s when he passed away um so i wonder if that's also david fincher saying hey check this out dude like my dad could have done way more shit mm, but this, he died. yeah mm. exactly like this i'm gonna honor his legacy and then do this one thing that he did but if he would have lived longer because and again i'm just pulling this out of my ass the guy could have been like 99 when he died you know Absolutely. but i mean i'm assuming he died a little bit younger than he was supposed to yeah. in the 90s and fincher's still around you know mm-hmm. and that guy's what in his 40s 50s i'm assuming he's in his 50s yeah so again his dad probably died younger than he was supposed to so yeah. maybe that's also another thing i was like dude my pops was gonna do a lot 
you know? Yeah. And this was his magnus opus, so I'm going to... I can only imagine, in the deepest of my imaginations, giving my father such a tribute. (laughs) (laughs) Fincher, hit me up. Tell everybody you said that. Even if you didn't. Like, Jesus. You heard it here first. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's hardcore. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I feel like this movie... In a way, I don't think it's David. He's 58. Fincher's 58. David Fincher's 58 years old right now. So his father died like. So 20 years ago was 2001? Holy fuck. Yeah, so his dad died like about 30 years ago, 28 years ago. So when he was in his 20s. So when Fincher was in his 20s, his father passed away. Yeah. Yeah, Young so he was young. Yeah. Yeah, so that also could be, again, something. Fincher, hit me up. Let me know if, if I'm right. Yeah, and whatever. We all have dad issues, and we may or may not do the greatest things in our lives, either in tribute to our fathers or to spite our fathers. If right? I don't, Faja, I'm coming after you. Died, his dad died at 72. Damn. Oh, his dad had him when he was older. 2003, he died in 2003. He's a player then. Mm-hmm. Strong C. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that Mank blood, dude. Oh, I'm telling man, you. God man. bless him. Oh, no, Mank died way younger than <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 55, right? It says he died at 55. Well, but they, yeah. they had the coolness of it. I don't know. I don't yeah, know, but there's some, there's a beauty to Mank having that moment, that, like, vindication of, like, I did it. You know, I'm winning the Oscar for writing what I think is the best thing I've ever written. And I think, I mean, you die a happy man after that. Right, no matter how young you fucking die. Well, and we obviously said the Oscars are bullshit and all that, but in, absolutely, in 1942 it was a little bit more. I would think. I mean, whatever. I think the Oscars are bullshit, but if I won one, I think they were the greatest thing <laughs> <laughs> ever yeah. fucking made. I don't know. Homer won one, you know. So. Who, Homer Simpson. Simpson? <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless him, man. He's a yeah. great man. <laughs> Was it a Golden Globe? I, I mean, anyway, we. Be- I mean, we need to wrap this up. We, I, I think nerds. I think we didn't. We didn't do the best job of <laughs> of going through this movie. Um, uh, but obviously, I think we all fucking really fucking liked it. Um, uh, I don't know. I think in time, this. I mean, it is going to be known as a better movie than it is now. To other people in the in the history of cinema or something, this is gonna be a great one one day. And um, uh, I mean, I w- I wish to God that Gary Oldman would win an Oscar for this. That'd be awesome. Movie. That'd be really sick. Because honestly, this is the I think the greatest performance that he's given in a very long. He is hilarious he's in this guy. fucking movie. He's so fucking good. His performance is great. And he's not the only one with a great performance. Well, great performances you had all around. To, you have to pick one scene to like show to the academy to be like, look, what scene would that be? I I say it's it's the fucking end the end speech in the movie where he kind of I don't know, man. He he not only lets the world know, but he's also saying it to himself, man. Like fuck, like I did this shit. Mm-hmm. I I am like I don't know I am triumphant. At this point in my life I wrote 
the greatest thing I ever wrote. And I have always thought I am like the smartest guy ever. And then every, like, I don't know. Vindication. Yes. (laughs) I am the smartest. That's in 1942. mm -hmm. He did it. He did it. And I, like I said, like, fuck. After you write the best thing you, or not only like whatever, he's a writer, but after you do the greatest thing you could ever fucking accomplish in your life, I feel like you can die a fucking happy fucking man, (laughs) no? (laughs) Whether you could have lived a long life or not, man, just to be like, fuck, I did that. And that's that's one of the things, too, going to your question, Nas, as far as, like, the better scenes, is one of the last scenes there where he shows up to the table and he's drunk out of his fucking mind. Oh, of course. And he's addressing everything and making parallels to La Leyenda de la Mancha. And he's just kind of, it's really trippy because people are leaving as he starts hitting these points. So, again, I was telling you, like, I I want to see, I want to I wanna do some research and want to know those people, who the fuck was at that table. And the certain things that they were saying, they were leaving as couples, you know, meaning that their convictions were so strong that what he was saying, speaking his truth, you know, despite of him still being shit on at the end saying, hey, dude, you're just a funny guy. Like, we don't respect you on any other level. Like, you're just, you're a witty fuck. That's why we like you. So if you think that by you speaking your truth yeah. has any validation here, you're a hundred percent well. There's something wrong. There's something glorious. That, that's what I'm saying. There's something glorious about anybody that matters in the political stance tells you that you're a piece of shit, but then you still get recognition mm-hmm. for your genius or your work or whatever. I don't know. There's something to that, man. And I mean, again, this character, as I said, he's like a very Hunter S. Thompson or um, uh, um, what was uh, the guy who wrote Post Office? What was his name? Bukowski. Bukowski. Um, uh, generally remembered as like, I mean, they have a very bad reputation. They're pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> But they wrote some great fucking American goddamn literature that will go down in history. And ultimately, that is their legacy, but it comes with weight. And I think that's what it comes down to with fucking Mank. Like, his genius had weight. And I think probably most geniuses all have fucking weight. And then I think that, that that's where it goes. That's where it is, man. I'm not the heavy, but thank you. No, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> not Oz. I can carry you out of this room easy. <laughs> throw you on the back, carry you out. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, we should wrap this up. I think we all fucking love this movie. Yeah. Surprisingly, I, really enjoyed this fucking movie. Yeah, we're going to watch it again. We might have a fucking mank two that a comes recap. up in a, a year or two or next week we don't fucking know Mm-mm. we might watch this movie again and be like fuck we need to we need to get another round in at mech <laughs> oh yeah so happy new year's to everyone you know the 2020 is over and nothing's gonna change for another fucking year but no what a, no happy new year the bad times will come but mank and his legacy live on <laughs>
God bless America. God bless Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Electro. Thank you, Oz. Thank you, Solid Bites Media. And there he was, the man himself. God bless the Republican Party. <laughs> Electro and Bono Movie Power.